Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the RCV Roundtable with Austin and Nikita. Thank you, everybody, so much again for tuning into our last episode about Alaska and its history with range choice voting with the amazing Jason Grant, who gave us valuable wisdom into the fight for RCV. In the last two episodes, we discussed states that have successfully implemented ranked choice voting, but today we'll be focusing on a state who is still in its journey of getting ranked choice voting onto the ballot, aka Ohio. Ranked choice voting is actually not a fresh idea in Ohio at all, despite what some people may believe. As a part of its reform initiatives, Ohio cities were actually some of the first in the country to adopt single transferable vote, STV, which is RCV's proportional multi-winner variant. And between 1913 until 1961, this system was used in Cleveland, Ashtabula, Toledo, Hamilton, and Cincinnati. Ranked choice voting was expanded to many Ohio cities with the support of good governance organizations like League of Women Voters. The success of ranked choice voting actually increased the diversity of ideologies, which improved the accuracy of representation for women and many people of color. Ted Berry, for instance, was on his way to become Cincinnati's first Black mayor when he was elected to the city council. However, this infuriated dishonest politicians who were allied with hate groups like the KKK and ultimately led to the repeal of ranked choice voting. However, the movement to reinstate ranked choice voting is currently in full swing, but due to the ballot initiatives such as State Issue 1, this and other movements like it may never get the chance to appear on the ballot. This proposal aims to make it more challenging to modify the state constitution through subsequent ballot initiatives. Right now, only a simple majority is required for ballot proposals in Ohio Ohio to pass. Um, The required majority would then, if this were to be successful, um, rise to 60%. Additionally, this measure would also put stricter guidelines on the collection of signatures for ballot initiative campaigns. As of right now, campaigns must collect signatures from 44 of Ohio's 88 counties to match 5% of the votes voted for governor. If issue one were to succeed, campaigners would need to collect the same proportion of signatures, but now from each of the 88 counties in order to be placed on the ballot. Uh, One Person, One Vote, a nonpartisan coalition, has filed a lawsuit against Issue 1 in May, claiming that the language used in the ballot did not accurately describe the new number of elector signatures that would be needed from each county, state, um, and did not state what law what the law currently is or include the full text of the proposed amendment and the ohio supreme court agreed with one person one vote on a number of points in june and ordered the ohio ballot board to rename the ballot title and correct the language describing the proposed modifications to the signature gathering procedure without using the word any in reference to constitutional amendments The vote on this very important ballot initiative is August 8th, 2023, which will be one day after we release this podcast. So even though we know that this is an off-year, off-month election, it is so important that every Ohioan go out there and make your voices heard. Go vote, vote. To do a full deep dive into the interworkings of campaigning for ranked choice voting in Ohio, as well as the consequences of this upcoming special election, we have a very special guest here with us today, Kyle Herman. Kyle is the executive director of Rank the Vote Ohio, a nonpartisan nonprofit working to reform Ohio's voting system towards ranked choice voting. He's also previously managed pro-democracy programs in Lebanon and Iraq for the National Democratic Institute for International Affairs staffed President Obama's um, administration as a writer in the White House Correspondence Office and so much more. Uh, We are so honored to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me.
Yeah, thank you much so so much for joining us. So I'm just going to start this interview off by just getting to know some of your history and your background with RCV. And I just wanted to know, like, what were some key factors that really motivated you to become involved with the ranked choice voting movement in Ohio? So I moved to D.C. in 2015 looking for a foreign policy job and ended up taking a, an unpaid internship on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, just trying to get my foot in the door. And I saw how dysfunctional Congress was at the time, and, and it still is. Uh, but that's also around the same time there was this Harvard Law professor, Lawrence Lessig, who launched this long shot campaign called Fix Democracy First that was focused on pro-democracy reforms uh, with a special focus on ranked choice voting. And being an intern on the Hill, I saw how ranked choice voting could solve so many of the problems that we have because it could change the whole incentive structure, which is currently uh, forcing politicians to appeal to the extremists uh, in the bases of their parties in order to win primaries and uh, discouraging them from working across the aisle or trying to find common ground. And so ranked choice voting by requiring a majority to win would actually force politicians to serve a majority of the people instead of the extremists in their yeah, own Yeah, um, that seems to kind of be a common theme with a lot of the organizers and politicians that we've been interviewing is that like they kind of get to work a little bit within the system and then they realize how much um, improvement ranked choice voting can implement. Um, with like the structure, exactly like you said, the um, the incentive structure for politicians to get um, elected. So I guess that leads us to our next question um, of as ranked choice voting gains popularity across the country, what unique challenges do you foresee uh, for implementation of this system specifically within Ohio and what strategies are being used in order to get RCV passed? So statewide? our biggest uh, work right now is on public education because most people just don't know that there is a better way to vote with ranked choice voting. And most Ohioans don't understand that the reason uh, we have so much polarization dysfunction is because our system limits our choices and it doesn't require a majority to win. So if more than two candidates run, someone can win with 30 or 40% of the vote. And, uh, you know, other states like Maine and Alaska have figured out that uh, you can have the instant runoff process to achieve majority rule. And so it's about educating uh, as many Ohioans as possible, but also uh, bringing them in to uh, support us because uh, in Ohio, we have a, a constitutional amendment process that we could use to achieve ranked choice voting. But in order to get there, we need 414,000 valid signatures uh, to move a ballot initiative forward. So it's a, a very challenging process and there are efforts in Ohio to try to make it even harder, uh, but that would be the most likely path uh, to ranked choice voting in Ohio. And I, I just wanna also follow up with um talking about those educational efforts. Um, I know Rank the Vote Ohio has a lot of youth interns this summer, regional grassroots interns. And so I wanted to know like what role have the youth played in these outreach and educational efforts in Ohio? Our interns have been extremely helpful. Uh, we started uh, <laughs> setting up regional chapters in Ohio uh, earlier this year so that we could have 
more in-person outreach. And so Ohio has five major regions, uh, Northeast, Northwest, Southeast, Southwest, and Central Ohio. And we have uh, chapter leads and organizers in each of those regions uh, in order to facilitate uh, in-person activities like live outreach. And our interns have been super helpful with going out with us to events or even leading canvases themselves in order to teach people about ranked choice voting, uh, ask them to sign their support, and also helping uh, you know, digitally as well uh, with online outreach. Our interns have been uh, creating videos and social media uh, in order to help with the public education. And bring yeah, no, that's kind of very similar. We are interns ourselves at Rink, uh, Rink the Vote. Um, I know, um, Austin, if you want to go a little bit into your intern experience um, at Arizona's uh, Rink the Vote chapter, but I work more in the, the national sphere, so I haven't gotten as much direct hands-on um, grassroots experience like the ones you mentioned, but um, we've been having these... Um, uh, intern spotlight series on Fridays that Monica leads, um, Monica Burke. And so um, it's been really, really awesome to get to hear about, you know, especially like in Ohio, where it's still developing, the ranked choice voting movement is still very much developing how much, you know, passion that people have for that. Um, and I guess another question uh, to piggyback off of that um, is that, you know, for most of modern political history, Ohio is known for very, very competitive elections. Um, how do you believe that ranked choice voting could impact the dynamics of political campaigns and encourage candidates to actually focus on issues that matter right. most to uh, voters? So in Ohio, we have a history of really <laughs> contentious uh, campaigns. Uh, but they have become less and less competitive. And that is partly because of gerrymandering, uh, where many districts, the outcomes are basically predetermined uh, by the way that maps are drawn for uh, to benefit uh, a certain political parties. But with ranked choice voting, it could make those races competitive again by taking away that false choice uh, where the you know, nominees are chosen by a very small fraction of the electorate, and then there's no real competition in the general election. But with ranked choice voting, instead of just having to choose between red or blue, uh, you could choose what shades of red or blue or purple, or even uh, it opens the door to more parties being able to compete, uh, like the Libertarians, the Greens, American Solidarity Party, Forward Party. Uh, voters want more choices. 77% of Ohio voters are registered as independents. And so they're effectively disenfranchised uh, by not voting in the primaries. And so uh, if we had ranked choice voting, that would give all vo voters uh, a greater opportunity to have their voices heard and would force the politicians to work on policies that speak to a majority of Ohioans instead of only the extremists in their own party. Yeah, and like um, I had never heard the uh, shades of red and um, 
red and blue before. So I really like that take. And and I do think it's like interesting now that we've done, uh, this will be our third interview uh, with an organizer. Um, and it's like the patterns across the different kind, the different states are very, very telling of like have having people um, work towards getting RCV is seems very like thematic almost. Um, so this is another reason why, you know, we really wanted to have people like you on here, especially as an organizer. The previous two um, guests that we've had have been politicians. So of course they're organizers, but they do have the political aspect of it. So it's really um, amazing to have like, you know, a true bread organizer to kind of talk about how um, it impacts people on an individual basis. Yeah, I just wanted to um, pivot us um, and talk about the election that's going to be happening next week. Um, next week, Ohio will be having a special election to vote on issue one. Um, issue one will be a um, ballot measure that student, um, that Ohioans will be voting on that will require future constitutional amendments to have to be passed with 60% of the vote instead of the regular 50% plus one right now. So I just wanted you to like walk us through how did we get to this point um, and why was it scheduled in an off year August election? So the Ohio General Assembly has become notorious over the past several years as among the most corrupt uh, states in the country. We had a huge corruption scandal several years ago where a giant uh, electricity company, uh, First Energy, uh, spent over $60 million to bribe our uh, state legislators to pass a billion-dollar uh, subsidy uh, that uh, has still not been uh, fully repealed, even though the Speaker of the House at the time uh, has been convicted and is now in prison. And so uh, we Ohioans see this as a power grab by the General Assembly to shield themselves from accountability by taking away uh, one of the only tools that we as voters have to hold them accountable, which is the ballot initiative process. Now, they're claiming that they are trying to protect the state constitution by making it harder to amend. But what they're really doing is making it virtually impossible because they're not just raising the threshold for passage from 50% to 60%, but they're raising the signature requirements so that uh, in order to even propose a ballot initiative, uh, Ohioans would have to collect 5% of voters' signatures in all 88 counties, meaning that wow. one out of the 88 counties could effectively veto any ballot initiative, and they are uh, getting rid of the cure period during which if, they, if a county didn't meet the signature requirements, uh, normally there are 10 days where uh, petitioners can go out and fix any flaws with the the signatures that you know supposedly don't match uh, what are on record, and uh, so combined, this uh, the like conservative Republicans in Ohio are saying that this would basically take away Ohioans' right to do ballot initiatives at all, and uh, there is an initiated statute process in Ohio where. Uh, we could uh, pass laws via ballot initiative instead of going through amending the constitution. But 
The problem with that is that there's no protection for initiated statutes. Other states have things like five-year period where a legislator can't touch an initiated statute after it's been passed by a referendum of the people. But in Ohio, a corrupt legislator could immediately repeal an initiated statute. So it's really meaningless. And if the proponents of issue one were serious about our constitution not policy document, they would have made the initiated statute process more effective instead of trying to sneak uh, this a uh, special election passed us in August uh, when most people aren't usually paying attention, uh, but Ohioans are uh, fired up and showing up uh, because we've been working as hard as we can with our partners to get the word out that this isn't about any one issue. This is about protecting democracy itself and holding uh, corrupt politicians accountable. Yeah, um, when talking to some voters, as well as just some people who aren't maybe Ohioans, a lot of people don't really know that there's even a special election happening and like the the gravity of the situation. So kind of going off of that, like, how do you think issue one could impact the future of the ranked choice uh, rank, uh, choice voting movement in Ohio, as well as other political movements in Ohio? I know that um, abortion is a huge topic that is being uh, discussed uh, in, with regards to this constitutional amendment um, and um, how these rights could be affected. So what what's your take on that? So one of the reasons that uh, the politicians who put issue one on the ballot are trying to ch move the goalposts on citizen initiatives now is because they're trying to preempt a vote that we are going to have in November on reproductive rights. And so they are trying to rush this through to change the threshold for passage from 50 to 60 percent. But the other uh, changes that they're making to the ballot initiative proposal process itself would effectively kill any future ballot initiatives, including for ranked choice voting. And so we know that there is bipartisan support currently within the Ohio General Assembly for ranked choice voting. But the problem is that if some of those politicians were to publicly support ranked choice voting, then they would likely be primaried and kicked out of their parties for supporting a pro-democracy reform. And so we are relying on the ballot initiative process in order to hold politicians accountable by passing a more free and fair election system with ranked choice voting because politicians can't be trusted to regulate themselves. Yeah, you you put it very um, beautifully there. And um, ballot initiatives are such an important way to try to get any ounce of direct democracy um, within, you know, our our system that we have currently, like you mentioned in Alaska and in Maine previously, um, the reason why their ranked choice voting movements have been so successful is because their um, citizens were actually able to speak up for themselves through ballot initiatives. And so kind of moving this goalpost further to even get close to getting anything accomplished of this sort has um, definitely far reaching consequences, not just for ranked choice voting, but also so many other political movements that are happening right now. Yeah, and um, in Arizona, we face um, those similar, like, anti-direct um, democracy measures. Um, we're going to be voting on whether or not you have to have 10% of your signature, or, like, 10 you have to have signatures from 10% um, of registered voters in every legislative district. Um, 
So that could also potentially kill future ballot measures in Arizona. Um, and then we'll probably be voting on a um, referred amendment from the legislature of the 60% for future constitutional amendments as well. So we are facing similar measures in Arizona to hurt our um, chances at improving the system through, you know, ballot measures. Um, do you have any advice that you can give to other states, other organizers, other youth even um, that are kind of working towards this movement or are in a similar position such as Ohio and Arizona that are still working to get ranked choice voting passed? Yeah, we need to help each other uh, across the country when these anti-democracy attacks are coming uh, to spread the word. Uh, we know people uh, in every state uh, who need to hear this message that uh, as these attacks are coming, we need to show up and uh, protect uh, ballot initiatives and other means in order to make it possible for us to vote on bringing ranked choice voting to our states in the future. And so as uh you know, Arizona faces similar threats to Ohio. I'm hoping that Ohio uh, will be able to beat this by a large enough margin that it will deter other states from trying to bring these same attacks against uh, their own ballot initiative processes. There were uh, recently uh, similar attacks in states like Arkansas uh, where they were successful in uh, beating back uh, those attacks. And so I think it's important uh, that we get the word out and I really, really appreciate uh, you having me on here to talk about it so that we can understand that you know, democracy in the United States isn't about just what happens with each within each of the individual states. It really affects each other because the way that we elect our representatives in Ohio <laughs> affects the National Congress and affects the whole country. And so that's why it's so important that the more states that pass ranked choice voting, uh, the more likely we'll be able to solve the dysfunction and polarization at the national level. Yeah, um, that's kind of one of the main reasons why we even started this podcast is because, you know, we wanted to share the stories of people from different states so that, that they could actually learn from each other. Since this is such like a grassroots effort, like you said, even if like Ohio's system changes a little bit because of the political climate of the United States, that could impact the entire country. Um, and so that whole notion of working together and sharing these stories and experiences hopefully gets the word out to people gets people excited and we wanted to we chose a specific date of august 7th that we will be posting this um this podcast episode because we want to you know get people riled up the day before since that's probably when people are going to be paying the most attention thank you yes thank you so much for hopping on today and getting the, the chance to interview with you you know so valuable that we're really going in depth with um, these organizer experiences and um, talking about what is happening in all these states and with the ranked choice voting uh, movements. And remember, Ohioans, go vote on August 8th um, on ballot measure one. All right, folks, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in again and again and listening to the RCV Roundtable. And remember, if you are registered to vote in Ohio, get out to the polls on August 8th and make your voices heard. Also, we'll be taking a very short break here at the RCB Roundtable as Nikita and I will be moving back to Yale this month and starting our next semesters. 
But don't you worry, we'll be back within the first few weeks of September with new episodes and content. And again, thank you guys so much. It has been such an amazing journey to um, get to know our audience and also get to know so many amazing organizers from around the country. So we will end with Embrace Your Voice and Unlock the Choice. Bye, Bye. guys.